Joining the guys every Friday is college football historian and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Bruce Marshall joins us now to talk some wagering from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAM Sports.net. Bruce joins us now. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start off with the first game of the day tomorrow, Red River between Oklahoma and Texas. I'm so excited for this game. I can't stop talking about it. Uh, right now, Texas, the line's been moving over the last couple of days. Right now, Texas is a five-and-a-half point favorite. That total sitting about 61. What do you like in this one tomorrow, Bruce? Yeah, it's going to be a SEC game starting next That's year, right. Brian, so we got to get, get ready for that. They won't be kicking these things off at 11 a.m. Central either uh, when it gets to be an SEC game. So yeah, look forward to that next year. Um, well, uh, this is the deal. I, I, I'm about ready to admit I was wrong on both of these teams, especially Texas, because I didn't give Sark too much love before the season. Um, th- but the fact is, you know, last week uh, they were having a lot more trouble with Kansas on that score indicator, and that was mm-hmm. with the backup quarterback in there for Kansas because J- uh, Jalen mm-hmm. Daniels was a late scratch. That game was 20 to 14 well into the second half. And then, uh, Kansas really botched up a possession in their own territory, fourth and one at the 35. And they ran a really a, a ill-advised play. And then Texas, the, the floodgates open. Um, but, uh, having said that, this is bigger, I think, almost for Brent Venables here, uh, because last year he got in more trouble for losing this game last year when that was uh, that 49 nothing disaster for Oklahoma, not as much because Dylan Gabriel was hurt, but because his backup quarterbacks were so ineffective in that game. And uh, he, he's he been hearing about it for 364 days since. So it's big for him. Gabriel is there. Um, he is making a difference for them. Now, they don't have a win like Alabama, like a tech, like a Texas does. But the nature of this series, I, that, that was the outlier last year. And I'm not quite buying Texas. All the way yet, although I, I know, I mean, they're ranked where they should be right now. I think this is going to be close, and I, I think Venables might get him here. I'm, I'm sticking my neck out. Oklahoma 31-29. I'm calling the upset, and I'm taking the, uh, I'm taking the uh, Sooners tomorrow. The B stands it. for bold in Bruce Marshall. And, Bruce, we know this game through all the, the fabric of college football. It's had it all. Remember in 1976, presidential election year, and Gerald Ford, President Ford, he did the coin toss, and ABC's cameras had to dip away from it because of the equal advertising law. I mean, they, they, they couldn't show one candidate on national TV over another one. And, Bruce, we've lived so long that that year, Jimmy Carter carried Texas, and Gerald Ford carried California. I know, isn't that something? And I was, uh, you know, I was uh, that. See, the week before that, I I think I actually saw Jimmy Carter talk at the uh, L.A. County Fair. Uh, believe, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow. Uh, Bruce, we lost you for a second. Bruce, you there? Let me let me try to give him a call back and see if we, okay. we can get reconnected with Bruce. Yeah, we will try to reconnect with Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider and BAMSports.net, his new operation, and now also 
with CBS Sports sound like he was getting out of the car. He may, may have lost Bluetooth connection. We know how that works. Didn't have that in 1976 either when Gerald Ford was doing the coin toss at midfield for the Red River shootout. It, it will be a fun scene to mark Texas. We, of course, will get Bruce's opinion on Ole Miss and Arkansas. That will be the next game we ask him about. After Brian gets him, we're talking about timing and things, and when we have this happen, after we get him back on the line, Bruce Marshall is back with us now. Bruce, I think, you're, I think your Bluetooth failed us as you got out of the vehicle. Yeah, I did. I got the vehicle and turned it on. I forgot we had the uh, yeah, hooked up there. But uh, <laughs> no, there's a lot of a lot of history in this series. In the '69 game, you can still see it up on T on YouTube, the ABC telecast of the game. But um, and of course, I write about it in BanSports.net in the '63 game, which was the uh, one of the first one versus two matchups. And Bud Wilkinson was still there at uh, Oklahoma in '63, and Texas got him, and that really catapulted uh, Daryl Royal to Texas's uh, first national title. So. That- that was a lot Bud's, of history in this series. That was his last game for. He ran for the Senate, wasn't it? The last yep, Texas yeah, last game. Oklahoma, Texas. He, yeah. uh, Wilkinson ended his career losing six straight to Texas. So that was the one Ooh. stain on a great career at Texas, at Oklahoma Spe- for him. Yeah. Speaking of six straight, that Ole Miss, Arkansas, that was Coach John Vaught's record against Frank Broyles. He was 6-0 and when he was at Ole Miss against Arkansas. It hadn't been anything like that for any other Ole Miss coach with with domination over Arkansas. In fact, Sam Pittman, he's 2-1 and one against Lane Kiffin. Tomorrow night in Oxford, 11 and a half. That seems like a lot of points. What does Vegas insider Bruce Marshall say? Yeah, I think it is a lot of points, and Pittman has actually covered all three against uh, Lane Kiffin since he got to uh, uh, Fayetteville. Um, I wonder, you know, last week, I mean, this is just so – there's so much hocus pocus going on in the SEC this year. Now you see it, now you don't. I mean, where LSU's defense? What happened to it last week? I mean, they look like the Broncos against the Dolphins uh, two weeks ago, and Ole Miss just ran up and down the field. Um, but I mean, that was such a party, like it was VE Day at Oxford after that game. You were there, Brett, and you saw the celebrations. And you know, sometimes uh, you get the second, uh, the week after that, it's a little bit tough. Arkansas ain't what it was. Um, but they're still dangerous enough. They've still got K.J. Jefferson. They hung around that game last week, made some big plays on special teams against A&M, and were actually kind of hanging around, although they, did not, they didn't even gain 200 yards in that game. But I don't trust Ole Miss laying this many points. It's been a tough spot for Kiffin to get over the hump against Sam Pittman. So I kind of think uh, Arkansas hangs in there. 33-28, my score forecast. Uh, yeah, thirty-three twenty-eight. My score for I love that score in that one for Ole Miss. Yep, right around it. And right now, Brian, you tell me if you see anything different. I'm looking at this on an app, and it's now saying Ole Miss twelve and a half. So I will give yeah. you twelve and a half in that game, uh, Bruce. Uh, and, and you're right; it was a wild celebration last Saturday night. How are how are our friends Jimmy Ott down in Baton Rouge taking the loss to Ole Miss? Because that that that's just a contemptible loss for to them. Yes, they're taking it hard, and uh, they're about ready to give up. They're about ready to start basketball season, <laughs> although they're not even sure if they should do that down there. <laughs> but uh, they're taking it hard at LSU, you, that's for sure. Yikes. Bro, you know you're taking it hard in Baton Rouge when you're raising the wait to a basketball flag. Oh, man. 
<laughs> yeah, wait till right. baseball down for LSU. I yeah, don't know about that'll be next. Basketball. Yeah, really. Uh, Bruce, uh, another SEC game tomorrow on CBS. Uh, Alabama going down to College Station to take on Texas A&M. We know what happened last year in this game. Right now, Alabama a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Aggies. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I want to make sure Jalen Milrow is okay. There are a couple reports that he might have tweaked his hamstring uh, wow. last week, and uh, but I don't. That, that hasn't been confirmed. And this I'm might told just, they're bogus. Yes, I, I think it's probably just a bogus thought. Um, I, and he's in there. We haven't heard anything from officially from Alabama that there's a problem. Expect Milrow in there, and I think if he's 100%, which I think you'll probably be, um, I think they've sort of found the sweet spot with this offense with Milrow, and it's with him throwing 16 to 22 times per game. He didn't have to throw that much last week against Mississippi State, but he's completed better than 80% of his passes the last couple of weeks, doing things with his legs. He can run. He's the fastest guy in the field most weeks. And, I mean, this is just the way Alabama's going to have to do it this year. It's not going to look like it did with Bryce or with Tua or with Hurts or Mac Jones. I mean, they're going to play a little bit more close to the vest and rely on the ground game with McClellan and others, rely on that defense, which is playing pretty well. Um, and I dare say this is the best team in the SEC right now. We'll find out. This is big tomorrow for the West. Uh, again, a and M's another one of these sides. I'm not convinced yet. Um, beating Arkansas this year is not like it might have been the last couple of years. Two years ago, they didn't beat them at all at A&M. Um, and I still think this, uh, uh, this Petrino thing is going to blow up in Jimbo's face at some point. Now, well, no, they don't miss anything. Uh, miss anything with Wigman out and Max Johnson in. That's there. It's like one A, one B. Max Johnson, by the way, his career now forty four TD passes, eight picks. That goes back to his LSU days. So I mean, he's had a fairly decent run as a college quarterback. He's not mobile though, and I think that's uh, uh, Kevin Steele will come at him with some some stuff. And Bama wins. And I know it's been close the last couple of years, and Bama lost here two years ago. Milrow, by the way, was starting. as The one start he had last year was the game they won close in Tuscaloosa. 27-17 Bama tomorrow. I think they take charge of the West and take aim at the rest of the season and tomorrow at Kyle Field. Bruce, an old Vegas veteran like you, you know it giveth and it taketh. I gave you a, a, a point, an updated point for Arkansas, plus 12.5. Now Bama has moved to 2.5 over A&M. Yeah, I think that maybe they figured out that was a bogus report on on Milrow, and that might have temporarily driven the, the the spread down. But I thought that you know the number looked a little light there, and I think uh, that's still well within range. It's you don't often get Alabama with a number that low, so yeah. uh, even one and a half, two and a half, uh, that's still pretty low historically for Bama. We're talking to Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. A top 25 matchup tomorrow night on ABC. Number 10, Notre Dame on the road against 25th-ranked Louisville. Right now, Notre Dame a a 6.5-point favorite. I've been real impressed with what Sam Hartman has done this year at quarterback. What do you think about Notre Dame going on the road to Louisville? Yeah, Brian, and as Hartman saved that game last week, because I'm going to yeah. tell you, they were Notre Dame was completely disorganized from the sideline in the last half minute after he scrambled for that uh, first down, and the clock started running after they set the, the ball down. But he wasn't getting a play from the sideline. He was pleading for it. They were confused. He lined them up and just got a snap off before they hit the uh, play clock. And I think Duke sort of thought they weren't going to get the playoff. And next thing you know, Estime <laughs> breaks it for the run. And then uh, they hit the two-point conversion, and then top things off for Duke. Riley Leonard gets hurt when they get the ball back. What a horrible sequence for Duke. Wrecks their whole season. 
But the luck of the Irish again. Um, now, this is our third straight, uh, you know, real uh, grinder here. Uh, the win streak over ACC in regular season is now 30. Uh, so I'm reluctant to go against that. I did last week, and I got burned right at the end. I don't know if well, – I don't know yet how good Louisville is. This 5-0 and might be a bit of a mirage. I mean, they really struggled against NC State last week, which is also struggling. They struggled against Indiana before that. Uh, I know Jeff Brom has solidified some things. He's brought his old quarterback, uh, Jack Plummer, with him. But I don't know yet about uh, about the Louisville. I'm going to lean to the Irish a little bit here, 31-22. So not my favorite pick of the week, but uh, darn if I'm going to go against Notre Dame against another ACC team in the regular season until they lose one of these. Seventh straight Saturday for Notre Dame playing. Remember back to week zero when they started all the action of this season over in Dublin. Bruce, real quickly, if the playoff started now, maybe not in any order, but who would be the four teams in your playoff right now? Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and probably Ohio State. Uh, and that was thanks to the uh, Notre Dame win. So I think right now those would be the four. And uh, though Georgia and, I mean, uh, uh, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play uh, at some point uh, in November there. So uh, one of them is going to at least have one loss. But at that right now that's how I'd see the top four. Perfect segue. Tomorrow in Athens, 6 o'clock on ESPN Central Time, undefeated Georgia against undefeated Kentucky. It's not often you can say undefeated Kentucky in October unless it's uh, basketball. 14 and a half, Georgia's favorite. Who do you like? <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Georgia's unbeaten. They're also winless against the point spread. How about that? 5-0 uh, straight up, 0-5 against the number. Um, and I've, I've been going back and forth as uh, – Georgia just bored? Uh, are they like a kid playing with his food? Or maybe they're not as good as they were. I don't know. I'm just starting to think maybe it's the last one. I mean, they had that. They were in a scrap with South Carolina. They were in a real scrap with Auburn. Auburn's got some real limitations. I mean, and they were still life and death uh, at Jordan-Hare last week. Um, they, I don't know. If, if, if Maybe they've already hit their top gear. I don't know. I mean, they're fooled around a lot. I will say this about Kentucky. Uh, they have played Georgia tough. Uh, Mark Stoops has covered four in a row in this series. Um, and he hasn't, they haven't beaten uh, Georgia since uh, Rich Brooks was there in 09. But uh, they've played them tough last year, 16-6, to a real grinder. And, uh, Kirby was talking about that in Nashville back at SEC Media Days. He said, man, that was – he said, we had two really tough games against Missouri and Kentucky last year. And he was very effusive in his praise of Mark Stoops. Um, now, if Ray, da- Ray Davis ain't going to run for 280 tomorrow, like he did against Florida last week. But at the same time, Devin Leary's going to pass for more than 69 yards. He didn't have to pass much last week. They were just running the ball so well. We know he can do that. And I think uh, Kentucky keeps this thing kind of close. Twenty. I'm not sure they can win, but 14 and a half, too much. 24-17 Georgia. So I'm going to take Kentucky plus. And until Georgia covers a point spread, I think I'll recommend against them. Kentucky may have the best receiver grouping in the SEC. Yes, uh, they might. And it was interesting. They didn't have to use any of that last week, which really this might be as good a better balance than they yeah, had. Kind because, of rope you know, They've had, yeah, and they can do different things. It's usually been one or the other for Kentucky, but now they've got some balance. So we'll see how it works tomorrow. I think it's going to be kind of interesting between the hedges. 
Yeah, it should be. Uh, uh, and a game in the ACC, I'm curious about the big story yesterday and the day before, uh, Tez Walker, the receiver for North Carolina, uh, gaining eligibility from the NCAA, NCAA after being ruled ineligible at the start of the season. North Carolina is at home against Syracuse tomorrow, a 4-1 Syracuse team. Right now, North Carolina, nine-and-a-half point favorite. What do you like uh, in that one, Bruce? Yeah, uh, we can save the discussion on uh, Walker and the eligibility of the NC2A down the road because uh, uh, I have many thoughts about what the NC2A has made a mess of this whole thing, but whatever. Sure, yeah. um, he's there. Uh, you know, Syracuse last week uh, made about every mistake it could and paid for it against uh, Clemson. But I, I still think there's something here with uh, Syracuse that maybe – uh, maybe they, they it was self inflicted last week, and that if they don't make those sorts of errors, uh, they have a shot to hang around. Schrader is still a very good dual threat quarterback, uh, though he was part of the mistake brigade last week too. But I think uh, you know he he presents some challenges for Max defense. I want you to also look at Drake May's numbers this year. I mean, he put up some awesome numbers last year when Phil Longo was coordinating this offense. With Chip Lindsey, he ain't putting up those sorts of numbers. Now, uh, they're winning, so that's more important than anything, I know. But uh, May, uh, and May is really good, but this isn't quite the same offense it was last year. For that reason, I'm not sure they're going to pull away. They probably win, uh, but maybe not by uh, that much. 29-24 heels. I think they win. I'm going to take Dino plus the points to keep this thing Kind of interesting in Chapel Hill. I like it. Well, Bruce, let's switch over from college football to the NFL. Another oh, big get our zany college. Oh first. yeah, yeah. We got to get our college, our off the wall, and your favorite college pick from you, Bruce. Yeah, two off the wall here. South Florida is going to beat UAB tomorrow. Watch Ooh. Alex Golish. He's doing a really nice job in really South Florida. Is, and watch yeah. this uh, freshman quarterback, Byron Brown. I mean, you talk about a dual threat, and I still think uh, Dilfer's out of control there at UAB. I don't care if they covered the game last week. Bad defense. I don't trust him. I'm going to trust uh, trust the Bulls tomorrow to go into UAB and win and cover that uh, short number out in the Mountain West. How about Colorado State? Jay Norvell, second year, starting to turn things around at CSU, and he's got a quarterback now in Braden Fowler and Nicolisi. We saw him against Colorado a few weeks ago. They got more going for him than Utah State does, so I will take Colorado State and look to ride these guys for a while. In the second year trend with Jay Norvell worked at Reno. I think I might be working at Colorado State too. I like. I love both of those plays, Bruce. Well, let's get over to the NFL, and I want to start with my team, the Dallas Cowboys, in prime time tomorrow out in Santa Clara, California, against the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers right now, uh, it's moved since I last looked at it. It looks like right now San Francisco a three and a half point favorite um, in that primetime game over the Cowboys. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm I'm actually up here in the Bay Area right now. Believe it or not, in oh, wow. the the, uh, the uh, different nation of uh, the Bay Area, um, and right by a 49er, they got a by a mall here. The 49ers have their own uh, workout clubs and things like that. It's everywhere you look is Niner stuff. I think the Cowboys are in trouble, just like they were the last two years against the Niners. Dak does not step up in these big games. I genu- genuinely like Dak, uh, but. I think he is a bit overrated. That's so why I kind of side with Stephen A. Smith here. I mean, he just comes up short so often in these big games. The defense has really controlled uh, Dallas in these last two games. One other note, in Dallas's last seven losses with Dak as a quarterback, uh, he's thrown an interception. Now, I don't know what, 
what is you know what's what's coming first there the chicken or the egg but um when he gets under pressure and they have to play from behind it doesn't work as well for him i mean when everything's going right like last week and couple weeks before when the Jets were all banged up and the Giants bad in the opening week. He can look great, but these big games, he comes up short. San Francisco's the best team in the league right now. And I think balance offense, defense, McCaffrey now fully indoctrinated. And Brock Pur- uh, Purdy is another year older at quarterback. He was 20-21 last week and uh, when they beat the Cardinals and won uncovered. San Francisco 27-16. I'll take the 49ers this week. 49ers over Dallas, and that they they eliminated him the last two years mm. in the playoffs. Pittsburgh at home against Baltimore. Baltimore's favored, but the Steelers at Acrisure Stadium. Well, I'm having tr- the Steelers. Just I mean, style points it just ain't there. Mm-hmm. And I guess Kenny Pickett's going to play. Although I, if if his knees banged up, I'm not sure. Maybe they're they're just as well off with Trubisky. That's not saying much. Right? But this offense just. It's not working that well, uh, no matter who's in there. Matt Canada is coming under a lot of heat, uh, the offensive coordinator. Tomlin's sticking by him. But, you know, since Big Ben, and even, you know, late in the Big Ben tenure there, this offense has been a little bit pedestrian. I, you know, Baltimore, I think, can, I mean, last week I, I, I lost at Baltimore, but I didn't know that uh, Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play. Uh, big drop-off there at quarterback. I don't think it matters who plays quarterback for Pittsburgh here. Um, it could be Pickett, it could be Trubisky, it could be Mason Rudolph. I just don't see them doing a lot. It might be an under, too. I could see a def- it's a bit lower scoring series, five straight unders. Uh, 20 to 13, Baltimore, maybe Ravens and under in that one. Bruce, uh, one, one rookie I've been really impressed with has been C.J. Stroud and what he's done down uh, with the Houston Texans. They're on the road this weekend in Atlanta against the Falcons, and the Falcons a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, what do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm sort of buying on Houston here. I mean, it's two weeks in a row. Stroud's put up big numbers. Interesting, Nico Collins. That's a Michigan guy. So you got an Ohio State-Michigan combination really hooking up and turning into a lethal combination passing the ball. Uh, they just look very confident. I give D'Amico Ryan's credit. Uh, he's fast-forwarded everything with the Stroud, and all of a sudden he looks like the guy. I am not nearly as impressed with what's going on with Atlanta's offense and Desmond Ritter. I don't know if it's because... He can't do some things where Arthur Smith is, is just calling the games and the, the game plan is too conservative, but they ain't stretching defenses. Bryant can stand Desmond Ritter. Two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think Ritter just doesn't is not the answer for them, and they're not scoring enough points. So I'm going to take Houston in this one, 24-16 Texans. I like it. And what's your uh, favorite NFL game of, of, of the slate on Sunday? I'm going to give... The Vikings, a shot here, as long as it's over three, every game they play is close. Rematch of the Super Bowl four sixty five toss power trap, Hank Stram and all that. But Made people, him famous. If you're old enough, yeah, if you're old enough like me and Brett, remember the Vikings immediately avenged that loss of the first game of the merger sure season. Opening up day. The, up, at the, up at the Met, 27 to 10. Uh, but... Uh, Minnesota finally got a win last week. Uh, they're sort of figuring out how this offense should work without Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, listen, Kansas City's defense made Zach Wilson look good last week. I think this is a three-point game either way, and Minnesota might actually win. 30-27 Vikings. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to take the points, and why not give the Vikings a shot to win? I like that. Bruce, before we let you go, uh, tell us how we can find more of you. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Check us out. 
online at uh, bamsports.net, Pigskin Prophecy. We've got it. College football, NFL picks on all the games, and the two-minute warning, late picks. College there now, NFL be ready tomorrow. That's at bamsports.net. You can also get all my picks, vegasinsider.com, and you can read my stuff, too, at cbssportsline, sportsline.com. Bruce, thanks Bruce, so much a, for joining us. Have a great, safe weekend yeah. in the Bay Area. It was tour de force performance today. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Have fun, guys. You got it. Uh, thank you very much, Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider. And wow, just <laughs> that, that 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 mind and how quick oh, he man. thinks. And it, even after the even after the uh, the Bluetooth failed, him, uh-huh. he, he 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 really rallied. Look, this weekend for all these great games and all the things we have to do, you're gonna get hungry. I'm gonna make you hungry right here, right now. Talking about the commissary, the two great locations, the Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar are the mainstay, the original. Back to 1981, where Walker Taylor, where it all started, the at the original in Germantown, and whether it's for tailgating or game watching, or you want to go out between games or watch games there, you can do it. Perfect for a big group. Memphis style barbecue and ribs done the slow cooked Memphis way, the way that made Memphis famous worldwide for barbecue. And if you're craving an easier way to order, text commissary to three three seven three three. Start that feast with the appetizers like the smoked chicken wings, the cheese plate, the tamales, the barbecue nachos, a staple of sport invented, created in the early 80s at the commissary. And then dig into the ribs of the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides, deviled eggs, bread, slaw, beans, and you can order it by the pound, a six-pack, an eight-pack, a 12-pack, perfect for tailgating tomorrow in the Grove or anywhere you, you want to go tomorrow. The desserts like the lemon ice box pie, the banana pudding, the strawberry cakes, you can order those. You can go by and get those uh, whole pies, whole cakes at the, at the commissary, 901-754-5540, online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown. Before high school games night, as you're going to those, uh, stop by either location. Great party areas, orders to go, catering, tailgating, and coming soon. The Holiday Bird, 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the weekend in college football. We'll get to uh, what the weekend looks like in the SEC. That's next on Sports Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And we've talked a ton of college football today. And it's another week. In the SEC, and uh, I think some some really good matchups. We've gotten to the point, we talked about it last week, where we've gotten to the time of the season where, for the most part, you do have Mississippi State in there with a non-conference game against Western Michigan, but it's SEC versus SEC. LSU-Missouri, Alabama-Texas A&M, Vanderbilt-Florida, Kentucky-Georgia, and then Arkansas-Ole Miss. I'm really excited for this slate tomorrow. Yeah, and some teams taking some open dates and more mm-hmm. next week and to follow. And Bruce Marshall was right. I, they're going to keep Texas and OU 
playing in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. And they're going to keep it around this time around the, at the actual Texas State Fair there at the Texas State Fairgrounds. But he's right. There's this is it at eleven o'clock. That that that's probably going to prime time on ESPN oh, yeah. for all those TV sets mm-hmm. in 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 Texas and even in Oklahoma. But you know, in the in in Dallas and Houston alone, there are more TV sets than in all of the state of Arkansas. It's crazy. Just in Dallas and in Houston alone. So that that this is the end of eleven o'clock, and it's kind of settled into that game really in the Big Twelve days. But even back to the 70s and 80s when it was Southwest Conference against Big 8 or so, it, it, I, I, I don't remember many nighttime games, if, if any, in that game. It was, it was always sun splashed, you know, in the, sure. in the afternoon to, to, to literally enjoy the, the, the fair. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, I mean, I, I understand the going to a night game because of all the TVs and, and that would just be a unbelievable game for, for ESPN, um, to have as their primetime game. But you're right. I mean, having that state fair in the background and, and not only having a packed, uh, stadium, but also a packed state fair right on the outsides where you see people riding rides and eating, uh, Lord knows what and, and on a stick. Games and, and playing games and big old cattle. While listening to the, the <laughs> sounds of the game going on, you know, 20 feet away from them. So, I mean, I, I understand it, but I, I love it being in the middle of the day. I, I don't know my cows, but I mean, you can walk by the, 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 the barns and see, oh, you know, yeah. big old Big old cows. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know my cows. <laughs> well, I mean, you know they're cows. That's at least. I, yeah. I, I know I like prime rib and, <laughs> and, and ribeye. But, Brian, with all this college football, and we, 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 we love it all. This tweet from John Rothstein, a great reporter, John Rothstein, his Twitter handle, five weeks from today, San Diego State at BYU, Yale at Gonzaga, Arizona at Duke, Dayton at Northwestern, Memphis at Mizzou, Tennessee at Wisconsin, Texas A&M at Ohio State, Florida against Virginia in Charlotte, UCF at Miami, Wake Forest at Georgia, Maryland in Davidson in Asheville, UAB in Clemson in Asheville. Five weeks from tonight, college basketball, they do roll out uh-huh. the big guns early they in, sure in do. its schedule. That's the first week of college basketball. Yeah. That's the first Friday of college basketball. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for it. You, Brett, you know me. I have not looked at the uh, at the schedule yet in terms of that may I've, actually be second week of college it, basketball it I think it is might it, be um, it, it is Friday night that no no it's the first one Friday night the tenth because the yeah. Tigers are in Mizzou at the same time Tennessee football will That's be right. up, up there everybody play nicely yeah, everybody play nice but you know me Brett I, I I have looked at I've seen a lot of teams non conference schedules and all of that in terms of uh, individual basis but I have not looked at an actual slate of here is November seventh and here are all the games on that day you know I can't do that I don't allow myself to do that until November starts or I'll get just way too excited about the upcoming college basketball season but you're absolutely right I mean from the Champions Classic to all of these other games and now you're seeing them at neutral sites and then you know you have a couple weeks of that and then we get into all of these tournaments these early season tournaments and I mean college basketball knows what they're doing and they know how to do it right. And to, to fight the football monster, they have to have these, these big yeah. glamorous games. And, Absolutely. And we love it as fans, as consumers. That game, Tigers at, at, at Mizzou that night. Well, I don't, I, I really don't want to be too over the top, but isn't, isn't that potentially the difference for either team winning and losing 
one being a three seed, one being a four yeah. seed? It really could be. And in that early, that will be the, the final game. That's not game. over the top, is it? No, I don't think that's over the top at all. And that will be the final game, I believe, that, that Coach Penny Hardaway um, will it serve is. for that's his right. suspension. So um, we won't get to see. I mean, when I first saw this game being rolled out, the thoughts of Penny Hardaway on one end of the court, Dennis Gates on the other end of the court, I mean, I just started salivating because I love both of those coaches. Um, so, no, you're right. It, it should be a great game. Both of these teams, I think, have really high hopes for this season, especially after Missouri, what they did last year in Dennis Gates' first season. That one, I mean, I know it's first week of the season, I th- third game for the Tigers, but, I mean, that could be one of the better games of the season for both of these teams. And, and, and for the Memphis Tigers, that week they open – uh, opening night, Monday night, November 6th, mm-hmm. they open at FedEx Forum against the Jackson State yep. Tigers. And then on Friday night, they will play the Missouri Tigers. Something to really kickstart the season, as if Tiger basketball needed it. <laughs> but you you always need you know pizzazz. You always need to be selling the sizzle. If Memphis, they'll take care of Jackson State opening night. If they can go up to Mizzou, and then the following Friday night, they play Alabama State. There will be more people at the Alabama State game if they're 2-0 and than it will be if they're 1-1. One and one. Absolutely. And then off to Atlantis for that tournament. I'm, I'm, I'm doing an awkward job of trying yeah. to get to, to, to my point. Huh. To sell December tickets, that quick start will do it. Absolutely, 100%. When you talk about this tournament in Atlantis, I mean, the the teams that you could potentially play, I mean, we've been talking for months about that potential of playing Arkansas on Thanksgiving in the middle of the afternoon. I mean, that would just be huge. And then you talk about some of these Just go games. two and one. There. Exactly. Just go I, two and one. You, I think you come back with a winning record from Atlantis, and I think you have to be over the top. Uh, I, mean, I mean, just completely excited about that. And then you come back, and after that, you think about some of these home games that the Tigers have in non-conference. Virginia, Clemson, Clemson. both come into town. I mean, those Vandy. are going to be some... Vandy coming into town. Those are going to be some huge games inside of uh, FedEx Forum, but you're right. You need that, that strong start... Um, to to really get that entire fa- fan base one hundred percent in, and play in largely the seed line will largely be determined by November December yeah success or lack thereof yeah and and I I've said it before I I want to say it again I mean you got to give. Penny Hardaway a ton of credit for the non-conference schedule that he put together because there are not a, a ton of coaches out there that would go and. and and have this many tough teams on their schedule. I mean, and you can look at it. I think there's teams that people don't even think about being a tough test. I know uh, Vanderbilt would be one of them. What Vanderbilt did in SEC play last year was very impressive, and having them as a non-conference opponent is huge, but to go out to get Missouri, to get uh, Virginia, to get Vanderbilt, to get Clemson, to get all of these teams on your schedule, Ole Miss, that should be better this year, that one you've had, but to, to add the A&M. A&M, you've had those, but to add these other teams on top of that is massive for that non-conference schedule. And so you're hoping if you're the Tigers, you're, you're playing. You're once you get to conference play, you're just trying to figure out what seed line are we, we going to be sitting on instead of what we've dealt with the past couple of years of okay, we really got to have a really good conference uh, slate so that we can get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that that first weekend you want the seed where you don't even have to uh, to pack yeah. the 
the the the darker colored uniform colors. We know seed preferential seed preferred seeds. Mm-hmm. They wear the home whites, or it's not exactly like that anymore at home. But at the NCAA tournament, it still is that. And I'm gonna call my shot now. Okay, for for good or for bad, for the Tigers or for anyone else. I don't want to hear anybody, whether it goes against you, whoever it is, Tennessee, Arkansas, anybody out there, Ole Miss, anybody, Kentucky, you lose those November, December games. I don't want to hear come February, well, if we played mm-hmm. you now, uh, yeah. you know, that's so long ago, that doesn't matter, because if you win them, you keep, you're, you stay puffed up over it, and it keeps your, seed and your net ranking and if we still did rpi and mm-hmm. still keep it uh lofty and you sure would refer to it proudly if you win so if it's on the other side i, I don't need to get to middle of february yeah. and hear anybody go yeah those games in november don't matter yeah they do yeah they matter either way no you're you're absolutely right and so when you look at the the makeup of this team and all of the new pieces. I mean, you you need those guys to gel quickly. And I think from what I've heard uh, that this team is really coming together nicely. But I mean, you look at the schedule and how it's set up: Missouri, Michigan, potentially Arkansas, and then another opponent could be Stanford as well. Ole Miss, VCU, and Texas A&M all before you get to the 11th of December. So I mean, it is going to be a lot of tough tests. And so you're going to want these guys to to gel uh, quickly and kind of have that uh, kind of work out all of the issues. Um, before you get to some of these games, and, and so I think it's good um, that most of this team is here, but you're still waiting on a, on a couple of guys' uh, eligibility and see if they can be here. Because everybody's battling the kind of throwing the teams together stuff now. Everybody's battling, uh, but you know the the time of the year and the the chemistry and getting accustomed to each other. So for anybody, what, Tigers, anybody, you fill in any name, no excuses. Be ready to play. No, I mean that's what that's what college athletics is now especially I mean not only basketball but also football it's the name of the game the transfer portal you're seeing teams completely flip their roster from year to year and so that cannot be an excuse it could have been three to four years ago when the transfer portal wasn't like it is today but now because of what it is uh, you cannot hide behind um, that guard of oh well you know look at this team in in February look at them in in conference play Um, you really need these teams to start gelling together early and we'll see if the University of Memphis will be able to do that but let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back it'll be time for big number of the day you already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. 
Well, Brett, I have two big numbers today. One comes from the NFL. The other comes from Major League Baseball. I'll start with the NFL one, and then I'll go uh, to my Major League Baseball one. Uh, uh, my big number from the NFL is going to be 40. That's the amount of points the uh, uh, the Bears scored last night. Uh, last night marked the first time in NFL history a team on a 14-plus game losing streak put up 40-plus points in a game. So not only was it just impressive that this Bears team put up 40 points on the Commanders, it was historic. No team's ever done it before. No team that's been that bad has been able to put up that many points on another team. So that is really impressive from the Bears. My MLB big number is two. Two pitchers in Major League history have 200-plus career strikeouts in the postseason, and both of them, that's right, two are pitching on Saturday. Justin Verlander, these are the only two guys scheduled right now to pitch uh, tomorrow. Justin Verlander for the Astros, Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Justin Verlander has 230, Clayton Kershaw sitting at 213. So just incredible that both those guys uh, have been so good for so long and and are both going to make the start tomorrow. And you just have to wonder, after this year, how many more postseason starts for either. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's it's getting there because, I mean, both uh, have dealt with injuries. Both are kind of getting up there in age. So, I mean, this, I hate to say it, but we might be seeing the last year or, or couple of years of both these guys. Everything ends, but some things seem like they do last forever, and that ties into my big number, and it's 425 tomorrow night on these airwaves over the Ole Miss Network. David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels and the nicest man in the state of Mississippi, will be calling his 425th straight Ole Miss football game. It started in 1988 when he was doing pay-per-view TV. And then the following year in 1989 was his first year of the Ole Miss Radio Network, Voice of the Rebels, 425th straight game tomorrow night for Ole Miss. I don't know if he catches Jack Crystal someday, but he, he he's off to a good start and he's not slowing down. And we will we will make mention of it tomorrow night in our our pregame. And for him, he, he brings it every single week. And you think about that. Think how lucky you have to be, you know, to to you know to not. Catch a cold or during COVID, yeah. uh, you know, during COVID, may, maybe all the, all the testing, you know, you, 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 you fail a, a COVID test on the Friday afternoon before the game and, and, and the streak gets broken or, or, you know, our, 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 our deaths or births mm, or yeah. all the things that can get in the way of, of missing a game. And he hadn't missed one. He's brought it for every single game. No, it's, it's incredible. And not only, I mean, we, we talk about this is for Ole Miss football. But he's doing everything over there for Ole Miss. I mean, it's not just football. It's basketball. It's baseball. I tell you all the time that, as many people might know, um, I am not. I was not raised as the biggest <laughs> Ole Miss Rebel fan. But I that tell darn you what, fan when you were a little oh, guy. man, yeah. But I tell you what, listening to him call Ole Miss baseball is really one of my favorite things to listen to in the spring. I think he's just phenomenal when it comes to baseball, and, and same with football and basketball. Um, so very impressive for football. And you throw in everything you threw in, and also throw in that not only is he just doing football and then stopping for for basketball and, and baseball, he's. Doing Doing it all. 
He he is. He does it so well and so much fun to be around. I know often in, in kind of this kind of tribute, people will say, and even a better guy, that didn't even come close to touching it. I, I, yeah. uh, am much, uh, so, such a great guy. And, and at a lot of the games, his wife, his wife Mary will accompany us and go to a lot of games. Not always, but mm-hmm. o- often. And, and she, she's super fan. She, she, she really loves it. And, you know, you just think all those miles and all those trips and sometimes some tough season and some, some Sometimes some really good seasons, but yeah. tomorrow night, number 425 in a row for the voice of the Ole Miss Rebels. And, and he is currently with Eli Gold's health issues last year and having to step aside this mm-hmm. year for, for road games. David is, he has senior status now wow. in the SEC. And, you know, forever it was untouched by Jack Crystal. He was just wow. light years ahead of, ahead of everyone at Mississippi State. And, uh, I, I wish people knew the the regard that all of us at Ole Miss mm. and how much David has, and David never refers to him, hardly ever, as refers to him as anything other than Mr. Crystal and the regard that, that so so many had for Jack Crystal and the standard that he set in SEC broadcasting and in the state of Mississippi. Did you ever meet Jack Crystal? Did you have a, a relationship yes, I, with him? Y- y- yes, I, I, I knew him pretty well right. uh from a lot of years of going to games and, and just covering games and being in the press box and then he was very much still around after I started at Ole Miss in 08 yeah. I'm going to say his last year at state was 11 or 12 and then Jim Ellis for a year or two and and, and now Neil doing the games and and he, yes I did and and it quite quite a character and quite a figure mm. and in that story on SEC network on the voices of I thought his daughters, Mike Keith, Charles Davis, and 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 the stories around Larry Munson, but the the daughters of Jack Crystal, I thought they really stole yeah, the show. Absolutely. Well, uh, I mentioned the pitchers and and how we didn't have any pitchers named. We now have a lot of pitchers named for tomorrow in those uh, first games. Most notably, uh, Spencer Strider starting for the Braves tomorrow night against the Phillies, um, which I think a lot of people saw coming. We don't have every team, but we do have a lot of teams uh, with their starting pitchers. So you know, on top of uh, on top of all of the football we'll be watching tomorrow, we'll also have to keep an eye on these baseball games after a couple of days off. But let's go ahead and wrap up this hour, get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks with Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. 